Uh, uh, welcome everyone to Modern Day Atheism, the podcast, but this is obviously the live broadcasting of the podcast. We do this every Saturday and then it is available in podcast form across all platforms, Spotify, iTunes, something called Stitcher. I don't even know what that is, but we're on there and, uh, and that will be available on Monday. So say you can't finish out today, say that, say that you come, but you don't have the stamina to complete this session today. You can listen to it on replay in podcast form. Uh, I will introduce my guest host here in a moment. First of all, for people who are looking to call, it looks like we actually right now have full lines uh, and it just goes to a busy thing at that at that point. But for people who are trying to figure out like what it is we are looking for. Nope, we have uh, we have one open line now. Uh, uh, we are looking for people who want to talk about basically something about their religious upbringing, their past faith they're being religious that they can't seem to let go of. They, they see the appeal of the secular world. They've lost a lot of their belief, but maybe it's a fear of hell. Maybe it's uh, uh, an attachment to the religious traditions that come with certain holidays. It can be whatever. That is what we are, are looking for. Now, I would like to reintroduce, I guess, uh, uh, my, my guest today. You might remember Hope, Hope, uh, uh, also called Hopeless So Frantic. Uh, she was on a past uh, video we did that was a Q&A with an asexual content creator, uh, adult content creator, and this is that asexual adult content creator. So Hope, why don't you reintroduce yourself and tell, uh, tell, tell them something interesting about you. Um, hi, I'm Hope. Uh, I'm a teddy model. I put news on the internet and uh, rescue animals and play a dozen instruments. <laughs> someone's, someone's just told me there's a white speck on my shirt. That is now hardened white rice from Chipotle. Thank you for... I did super... not expect that sentence okay. to end like that. <laughs> uh, for, to end like from Chipotle? I love Chipotle. Love Chipotle. No, I meant you were like, the speck is hardened white um, oh. You said rice, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's that's usually like, I change my shirt right before we, generally right <laughs> before we go on. So the one with all of those stains are over yonder. Um, we're you don't use your socks? Well, it depends. So, okay, first of all, <laughs> I'm at work. This is my studio now, <laughs> and I can tell you, as of yet, I have not spilled my seed in the studio. I'm not saying it'll never happen because I also put a, a theater, mostly for watching Game of Thrones. I also put a theater in here and there is a couch for like a couch set. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying it hasn't happened yet. But when I am at home, um, I, I have a, a, a designated stack of um, very soft kinds of basically washcloths that, that uh, uh, are for at home sort of things but if you know i'm out of those or whatever uh yeah i'll, I'll just reach for whatever is dirty closest to me because it's just going to go in the washer so yeah if anyone if this is your first time joining anyone uh i there is just nothing i won't talk about i think <laughs> um i should say also when people call in there's an auto screener and it seems like a bunch of people just didn't want to 
say their name. Please say your name so I can like put it on the thing here and why you're calling, like what the general topic you're calling about. Right now, there's a person who said nothing. I won't drop your call, but future calls, if you don't at least try to be auto screened. First of all, I have to pay six cents for every one of those auto screens. And if you say nothing, I still have to pay six cents. And I'm six cents worth mad at you. And I grew up with not much money, so that's pretty mad. <laughs> I'm just saying is all. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll move on. Are, are are you ready for the first caller? Do you want to do you want to tell people real quick first where they can find you, which which content, uh, uh, which platform they should be looking for you on? Um, yeah, I mean you you did a pretty good job spelling it out below. That's um, true. But I I do want to give people the warning that if you want safe for work content, to follow me on Twitter. The rest yeah. of my platforms, you're gonna see me naked. So. Uh, you're naked on your Twitter, actually. <laughs> you are. I think I'm naked like once, but it's mostly just dad jokes. Is it weird I that I know how many times? Though. Why do I know how many times? <laughs> it's twice. Once with your Bowsette cosplay and once oh, with I your... Naked for that? You, you did like different levels of clothes. And then once uh, with your Link um, cosplay. They're always cosplays. Yeah, it's it's like a true, but so you are the least naked on Twitter and on YouTube. Don't you have a YouTube channel? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've only posted like really random miscellaneous shit to it where like I'm not necessarily a YouTuber. I'll just if I need videos for another platform, I'll dump it on my YouTube and link it. Got it. So um, Got it. But I think I might get involved in YouTube more when I start Um like video journaling, like my trip to Korea to help the dogs and stuff, to talk more I, about animal rescue. I, and I don't mean to keep putting it off for anybody who's anxiously anticipating the calls, but I would actually love it because you just told me about what you're doing when you go to Korea. And actually, I would love it if you would share that, too. Uh, once again, we did this last time, too. Uh, tonight with Super Chats and everything, whatever. And you're literally the only guest I do this for, just so you know. So you're very special. Uh, 50% of all the Super Chats will actually go to Hope, who works with uh, dog rescues and doing dog rescue -y kinds of things. So go ahead and share, Hope, what you are doing uh, uh, in Korea. Yeah, in Korea specifically, um, I foster with a rescue called Save Korean Dogs. If you're looking to foster or adopt, uh, their dogs are usually under a year old because they're meat trade dogs and they are butchered after that. But it's a rescue that um, goes to meat trade farms that aren't following proper protocol and gets permits to pull the dogs from there. They go to a sanctuary and then they're flown out to the U.S. or Canada for adoption. And uh, the last foster I had through them was like the best dog in the world. He came absolutely traumatized and uh, scared. He would hide under the table and like growl at me and he, he was just so fearful. But. Um, after like about a, a, two weeks, he started trusting me. And after about three months of solid training, he became like the world's most obedient dog. So he inspired me to start taking dog training classes. And that's now something I'm going to do, be doing professionally. And then I'm going to Korea to see the kind of meat trade farms he came from to really appreciate how far he's come and to document my experience volunteering with the organization and really putting their name out there because not people, not many people know that they can rent a 
rent, adopt a meat trade dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rent a dog. You can't, it's the... kind of like renting if, if you're fostering. But... Right. It, it does cost money, obviously, to do. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not something that uh, you're still, you, they still rely on you to pay for the upkeep and care of the animals and everything. And so it's, yeah, it's, I, I think it is a huge, wonderful, wonderful thing you're doing. And a reminder to anybody, especially if you have a, a YouTube premium, a lot of people don't know if you have YouTube premium, what used to be called YouTube Red, you get a free $2 super chat every month. So if you want to put those super chats to good use, as I said, uh, uh, today we give half of everything over. To the person who asked why I'm not at Faithless Forum, it is because I am a sickly human being and my health has actually not been great lately. So while I wanted to be there uh, and, and I've been seeing pictures from everybody who's out there and seeing all my friends having the times of their lives, uh, I can't be there. So, um, but uh, uh, hopefully next year. Let's move on to the first caller. And first caller here, uh, you'll hear a little beep on your phone. I don't know what to call you. So if you could start by giving me a name to put on the screen here, that would be great. Hi, my name's Jazz with one Z, like the music. Okay, J-A-Z works? Yep. Great, awesome. All right, Jazz, what are you still holding on to? I think I just, um, I think to give you a little backstory, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. Sure. And the community and the sense of community that was built around me and built around my mental health um, was just really helpful. Um, but at this point, for me, I just, I don't think I ever really believed in it, but I really liked the sense of community, and it's really hard to let that go. Sure, sure. So, um, and this is something I, I, I talk about a lot of times when people ask me how to come out to their family as atheists, how to uh, uh, basically just how to tell anyone, how to tell someone they want to stop going to church. And the first thing I always talk about is, if community is something you're heavily reliant on, because it's it's not true for everybody. I'm I'm actually rather introverted too, and if I wasn't doing this channel, I would have talked to seven people this month, maybe a year. Uh, <laughs> like that's that's genuinely me. But if community is something that that you crave and something you like, uh, that is something that you want to find a replacement for, especially because as it is not very popular amongst religious people for you to be atheist they might be somewhat combative. And so there's a lot of different ways you can find that community. Uh, I always recommend Meetup to people, meetup.com. If you type in atheist, most of the time you can find some group nearby that's doing something. Um, but I, I grew up Mormon, so community is the name of the game for them because they love to brainwash uh, in mass quantities. They they want to they hit a bunch of people all at the same time. So. Uh, I, I totally get I totally get what you're saying about um, losing community yeah. is hard for sure. Yeah, and it, um, it was hard just being in that environment all the time, like having to spend, you know, my school years and like growing up in that environment and then coming out and realizing, wow, I never really believed in that shit. So like, what exactly am I here for? And I realized, yeah, it's definitely the sense of belonging to something and the right. sense of you know, feeling like I am bigger than myself. But at that point, after graduating high school, I was like, well, I don't think I really believe in that. Sure. Hope, what, what were you going to say there? Well, especially when you're talking about the sense of belonging or being 
something bigger than yourself. Um, that sense of community. Uh, for me, I, I grew up atheist. My parents weren't very religious. I didn't grow up in a religious community, but I was bullied in school for being an atheist. <laughs> and um, I think the sense of community really stuck with me when I um, when I started doing things like volunteerism or animal rescue. And uh, even just doing a thing like wanting to pick up the cello and joining a local quartet or an orchestra, like those kind of things, um, not only put you in that sense of community where people are looking to build you as a person, but um, it also just, you know, gives you a life skill and yeah. uh, better society in general. So um, it, I see that. If you specifically like the church setup and stuff too, I know that there are churches that are non, uh, they don't require religious devotion or, or dogma. Uh, there's, there's things like the Universalist Unitarians. I don't think they care what anybody believes. They just try and uh, uh, tell certain lessons, uh, tell certain lessons. Tell, there's a better phrase than that. Preach certain I don't know what I, what, what the better phrase is, but uh, I'm, I'm, I have like a mental block on whatever it is, but they share, they, they, yeah, yeah. I think it's like universal Unitarians. I think my boyfriend, um, spent a lot of time with them as a child and he's yeah. grown up with like some really good, like really basic human dignity, you know, human yeah. understanding. I, so I wouldn't say like, yeah, that, that. A, a lot of people, I think when they become atheists or they lose their belief, they also feel like they have to turn their back on everything religion was giving them. But the reason why religion works is there are some things in there that are good or feel good at least. And then they just mix in all of the other behavior control. So community is undoubtedly a good thing. We're a super social species. And so there's, there's no reason why you should have to turn your back on that. Now it's trickier and living in different parts of the country and things like that. But uh, I, I definitely recommend check out meetup, check out uh, uh, those alternative kinds of religions, check out Satanism. Now they have like say they, they have like 10 temples and stuff. They're not actually worshiping Satan. That's kind of a way to, um, titillate people to, <laughs> to make people really it's to to get people bothered by it but it doesn't uh, sound great uh, it's it's actually no it's, <laughs> it's it, it it's they're wonderful people they're literally atheists who often are akin to secular humanists they uh they have similar philosophies they teach there, there is no supernatural realm to it but they often have big statues of satan because uh they like to put those in public spaces where other religious things are basically to show religious people that sometimes they're a bit hypocritical. I know that sounds out of this world that I say sometimes religious people are hypocritical, but uh, you uh, uh, when where there's like manger scenes and things like that, and then religious people are like, no, you can't put that satanic image there because of my religious freedom. Oh, I see what they did there. So that's what uh, th those are the different <laughs> things I would check out. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, very. thank you very much. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for calling. Of course. I, um, I similarly had trouble kind of trying to find new community and new people to hang out with. Uh, uh, but I will tell you that as I started to lose my faith, I had a much slower grade. I'm trying to get the next name queued up here, but I had a much slower grade out of, uh, uh, out of faith and out of religion. And I kind of knew that I was going to need a different community. So early on, I was 
I was making friends that were not Mormon because I knew I was going to to lose a lot of my friends. And what's funny is I didn't lose them at first because they're Mormons and there's this kind of Mormon pride of like, we know it's true. So anyone who leaves, we can get back. So they didn't really turn their back on me until they were sure. <laughs> they just were positive I wasn't coming back. Have you ever attended church, any kind of church service or anything? Um, I mean, my aunt would drag me to like an Easter seminar or something, and I've been in churches during like funerals and weddings. But other than yeah. that, um, I was the kind of kid that was obnoxiously rebellious about church, like right. slam my feet on the ground, and my aunt would have to drag me in, and I'd be like, "You're the devil!" Blah blah, blah <laughs> just to, like piss her off. <laughs> um, I was such an asshole kid, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I really didn't. I, I remember having um, a prayer mat in, like, it was either preschool or, like, daycare or something of that nature before kindergarten. And thinking it was, like, stupid, I was like, why'd they write God on this? God isn't real. So I've always had this kind of, like, you know, disbelief. Right. I got gotcha. you. I, I, I sometimes, I'd even say often, I often envy people who have a secular upbringing, but at the same time, like I'm really happy I have this channel and what the message of this channel is. And I don't think that's possible, the specific message of this channel and the specific kind of conversations we have. I don't think that would be possible without growing up literally like specifically Mormon, not just in a Christian religion, but a Christian cult and seeing my way out of that. Um, so like, yeah, it's, it's hard to decide. It's hard to decide whether I... I definitely envy a lot of people who didn't have a religious upbringing, but I also did, wouldn't, I don't want to change my life or world that much, I guess. But I mean, it also makes it easier for you to, you know, give more religiously like specific advice. Like with finding community, how you mentioned there's uh, different types of churches that they like that church setting uh, that aren't particularly religious. Like that's not something yeah. I'd have a background and knowledge on because I never saw it yeah. out. Yeah, it does bring street cred, that's for sure. And that's nice. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. We are jumping into... That sounded weird. We are jumping on the phone with Anna. Anna, can you hear us okay? Anna? Um, hello? Hello? Yes. Can you hear hello? us? Hello? Yeah, hi. Uh, my name's actually Taylor. I okay. It's the the screening said Anna Scarborough, so I don't know what what happened here, but we will uh, I will fix it here while you introduce and tell us what it is you are holding on to. Okay, so my name is actually Taylor Scarborough, not Anna, and um, <laughs> I'm not really sure what I'm holding on to. I like I like to believe that there's something that is after death. I just don't know what. I really grew up in a multi uh, well multi-faceted religious family. My mother was atheist, my stepfather Catholic, my grandparents were just Christians who worshiped in their home, they didn't go to church, they didn't believe in church. But um, my aunt's a Wiccan, her husband's a spiritualist, and, and my uncle's a Jew, and I have cousins who are Mormons and Puritans, so I grew up with all these different religious backgrounds. And my mom was the only person who encouraged me to go out and learn about a lot of different religions to try and find my own. She never forced anything on me and I felt like that really helped me grow as a person. I know more about the Bible than some of my Catholic cousins do and it's 
but I don't believe it. I just want to believe sure. there's something after death. I guess that's what I'm holding on to. So if I could ask, is it that you actually believe something because you think it's the case or do you believe something because you really hope it's the case? You want it to be the case, but you aren't convinced that it actually is. It's probably more of a second one because I don't really believe in any particular thing. Sure. Um, like maybe reincarnation, but I don't think it'll be like of this world, maybe a different world, but there isn't any proof of that either. So, so you think that perhaps when you die and the lights go out, new lights come on somewhere else, you won't, obviously you wouldn't remember whatever happened in the past because we don't remember anything prior to our, not even our birth, prior to our yeah. toddlership, if, if that's a word. Is toddlership a word, Hope? Can we make it one? You can make it a word. Hashtag toddlership. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, so, Base, when you're talking about this, it doesn't sound like you have a belief that is preventing that that is going to compel you to go back into a church that's going to uh, uh, necessarily. Well, I don't know that the hard thing with with beliefs like this, where it's it's not it's not informing you in any way to treat anybody like shit. So that part's good. But uh, uh, there are beliefs that when you hold on to them like this, if you then hear somebody talking about something like that, and it makes sense to you, regardless of if it's the actual truth, uh, uh, things like people who used to believe that the weather was caused by God's moods, that does make sense, mm. except for that it's not true. Uh, I, I mean, the concept of, to them, it made sense. I'm not saying right now I see it and I'm like, this just seems like somebody's really happy or whatever. Uh, but to a lot of people that made sense, especially at the time, it wasn't true. So your thing right now, where it kind of makes sense to you, if you then hear people, the danger is if you hear people latching onto similar views, you can find yourself going down a hole of something that isn't true, but you find yourself inclined to believe it because it gives you that comfort and that confirmation of that thing you suspected. So I guess the, the number one question here is, is, a, is something worth believing in just because you really, really hope it's the case, not because you have a good reason to believe it is? Hmm. That's really thought provoking, actually. <laughs> well, thanks. I stole it from Matt Dillahunty. That's the honest answer. It's... <laughs> That's uh, 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 I, I, this isn't I, I won't pretend this is my original thought here. Maybe the little thing I went on about the weather. That was me. But uh, yeah, the, the <laughs> people want there to be an afterlife because they're afraid of death. So your beliefs are more suited to what you want to find comfort in versus what is actually true. Do you have any thoughts there, Hope? Well, there is actually uh, a really good thread at Reddit. Thread it. on Reddit. <laughs> hashtag thread it. Hashtag toddlership. I think, <laughs> I think it was uh, earlier this month uh, in r slash ask Reddit. And someone basically, uh, the discussion was about the fear of dying. Um, right. And how people like cope with it, whether it's with religion or something Real else quick. that they believe in. Yeah. Real quick, uh, Taylor. I think we're hearing an echo back. If you're on speakerphone or you have the, the, the video going in the background, would you mind kicking that off? 
I don't have either of those happening. Okay, then I have no idea why that was happening. Maybe it was Hope. Were you maybe going? I don't know. All right, let's keep. Let's try again. Let's keep going. Is it Sorry. working now? I don't know. We'll find out though. I don't hear it anymore. So. I don't either. Yeah. Um. I paused the video as soon as the I heard the beep. Gotcha. Sorry. Okay. Well, we seem to be good now. So, so everything seems to be working now. Sorry for interrupting. It was just it was killing me. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like trying to think past it, but it was yeah. annoying me too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I mean, the fear of death is something that I've thought about as a non-believer my entire life, ever since I could comprehend what death was in the first place. And uh, I still, you know, I've been thinking about it for 20 years, and I still haven't found necessarily a way to cope with it. I still think about it all the time. Yeah. But um, the, the more incredible life experiences I have sometimes, like when I'm exploring the world or doing something I never did before, I just sit there and go like, wow, I can literally die right now and be happy. And it's just, it's just for a second that I feel that way, such a tiny second. And then I go back to existential dread. Yeah, but, sure, sure. <laughs> and yeah. convinced, you know, as our bodies naturally deteriorate and our brain deteriorates and we get closer to ending our life, um, right. And especially communicating with a lot of older people about this idea, um, I think our body just kind of prepares us with like a, a natural acceptance of it. So I'm gonna just like my my little belief or hope is that there's like my brain will prepare me with tons of really happy hormones. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it'll make oh, transitioning so. to the fact there's nothing left after that easier for me. See, I'm not so. I'm not there with you at all. Like I look at stories like <laughs> Fidel Castro, the uh, that dictator dude who like as he was dying was like, don't let me die. Don't let me die. Uh, uh, it, it, and he was old as fuck. Uh, I I also don't like the, the idea of death. And because of my medical situation, I spent a good amount of my life working really hard not to die. So uh, I I 100 percent feel that that kind of existential dread i will tell you like one thing that's also really frustrating is with the advancement of medical technology there are going to be people perhaps who are alive today but certainly in the next one to two centuries they will extend human lifespans by hundreds to thousands of years as opposed to uh what we've done with medicine so far and, and expanded by decades and like i'm a little bitter that if if i'm not alive when that happens on the grand scale of things, I'll have missed it by like a millisecond. Do you know what I mean? Like like where medical <laughs> yeah. technology will go and stuff. And so that bums me out. The, the concept of non-existence bums me out. I don't want to not exist. I don't want to not die, but I don't see a good reason to not think that that is what's going to happen. My only experience of not being alive was prior to my being alive. And as far as I can recall, there was nothing there. The entire universe, trillions, billions of years. How old is the universe? It is trillions of years old. It's like 11 trillion years old, right? Let's, uh, I don't want to, I, I used it? to know this number offhand. Uh, and now I think it's actually only billions. I'm pretty sure it's 11 point something. 14. Nope. It's I 14 it like, billion years old. Yeah. I, I just, I, was, I mean, I, I kind of cheated. I was just at the museum a couple days ago. So I, <laughs> I used to have that number off, and do you know what actually confused me? 
is I watched a bunch of Scientology propaganda recently, and they call it something like 13 trillion years old. So the most recent thing in my memory is trillions of years. It just happens to be wrong. So the universe is 14 billion years old. And the that amount of time, that 14 billion years it took to get to, get to me, to me, I perceived it like as far as experiencing it, perceived that 14 billion years as a shorter instant than the last five minutes. Like it, it was nothing to me. It was instantaneous to me. And so that's, and that's all I can, all I can expect. I feel like death to be like, to be like pre-life. I don't see a good reason to think that my brain and the consciousness that is in my brain, since we know consciousness is linked to the brain, that when my brain is gone, it's no longer working. And then furthermore, it deteriorates away that I will experience anything besides non-life. And, and while I would love to find out that that wasn't the case, that when we die, we actually wake up in a body somewhere else and take off the, the goggles because we're like Rick and Morty and we're playing Roy in an intergalactic <laughs> uh, uh, arcade. That'd be amazing, but I don't, I don't have a good reason to believe that. And simply because that would be amazing is not a good reason to believe that. Also, I would never play a game called Roy because it's called Roy. Do I look like a Roy? I've only known I've only known one Roy in my life. He was okay. You know, it's like funny you say all of that and the feeling and knowing that, I, I guess I shouldn't say knowing, but suspecting that there is absolutely, that's the end of your human experience. Because um, everything we know is just within our brain and then we, we know scientifically our brain dies yeah. Um, but, uh, that's, that's actually like a huge reason why, um, I went vegan so young is just because I, I just couldn't stand the thought of like an existence being so like, you know, terminal and that like, oh wow, it's dead now. It's actually dead. Like this is the end of its entire existence. Like, you know, I have to say you know? Yeah, <laughs> but then if you get into like bacteria and viruses and stuff, it gets way, way worse. There's so much meaningless life in the world, <laughs> just in general. So that's why Everything I'm not is a so vegan. It is really meaningless. <laughs> so that so you have to make the best of it. It's that's optimistic nihilism. Uh, but I think I think at the end of the day, Taylor, you have to decide: Am I going to hold on to a belief because I actually believe it? Or am I going to acknowledge? I'm not saying you have to accept that death is the end, but it does seem to me like you know you don't know. And so accepting the I don't know would be extremely uh, if 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 what you value in life is is accepting as many true things as possible and as few false things as possible. Another line I'm stealing from Matt Dillahunty right now, uh, then that would be a better way to believe as many true things and not as many false things as possible, I think. And I'm just gonna tack this on at the end. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think you necessarily have to be right or honest with yourself with everything you think. Like, if it gives you a sense of comfort to think that there is, you know, something after death and you think you'll live a better quality of life having that kind of reassurance versus just sitting there and dreading it all the time, uh, I think that's good for some people. For for me, I don't, and I'm not going to turn this into a debate. I just share my thoughts here. I don't agree with that line of reasoning because people 
because we don't live in a world full of everyone doing that. We live in a world full of predatory people. And that's so kind of what I was talking about before. People will find those things that you take comfort in and try to use that to sway people. So I personally, for myself, I try not to believe things just because they give me a sense of comfort, but I do understand a lot of people do that. And I certainly don't, again, I don't give a shit if anybody believes in a God, I care how they treat other people. That's fair. All right. Yeah. That was really informative. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever works for you. At least you're not treating people like shit based on this belief, right? Oh, no, not at all. I just, good. I don't know. With all my different experiences, I just, I've never really believed in particular religion, but I also am terrified of death, so. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, uh, for joining. We're going to we're going to move on now. But it was uh, it was a good conversation. Thank you, Taylor. Love me some talk about existential dread. I love that. Yo, I love that, too. I think, too, where you and I differ on this, because I guarantee you, as, as soon as I heard you were talking about that, I knew that there's going to be somebody who jumps on you in the comments and stuff. So I'm going to head that off uh, uh, because I'd, I'm not mad at you for it at all. I think this is actually a common difference between people who are raised secular and people who are raised religious. And I think that uh, uh, that's usually where it comes in, because whereas I had a whole life based on false hope, like literally it was my whole identity was false hope. Uh, uh, so the concept of, of false hope is is out of this world, not an option for me. Uh, I, I think that's I think that's where that difference comes in. And I don't think anybody who I just I can already see the comments coming. So I'm just trying to head it off and tell you, <laughs> fuck off. Everybody's I feel got, like it, everybody's you know, got. yeah. And I mean, I as much as I view people growing up in a secular household as privileged. I think people that grew up in a non-secular household also have a different kind of privilege. So um, I guess growing up in the the non-secular household um, ironically makes me more open to religion. Like, I'm not jaded by religion. I've been affected by some people's negative religious beliefs, like my aunt. (laughs) Yeah, But um, the one who posts pictures of dead babies on my Facebook wall Um, Because I made, like, one pro-life post a year ago. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm, you know, I've never been close with the religion. So the idea of coming close to some of its principles doesn't really, like, you know, affect me the same way it would affect someone that was trapped by a church. Whereas, yeah, so people like me who come out of religion often, like, after, like, our journey out includes reading books from Christopher Hitchens, who makes the case that religion is actual poison. And so the concepts for us is, like, when we hear someone like, well, is there a way for religion to be okay for somebody? That, I think, hits a lot of us is, like, how much poison is okay, though? And, you know, there is a certain amount of, look at the fucking food we eat. We eat lots of poison, and but I think it's like a, <laughs> I think it's like a case by case basis too. Because like if, you know, if a mo- a mother just lost her four year old daughter and it gives her comfort to move on with the idea mm. that her daughter's in heaven with like her dog, then I I feel like that's you know an appropriate way to cope, versus you know just spiraling out of control thinking your daughter you know. I, I think that is a good point for especially for people who that is what their basis is. So like I talked about I've talked about before, 
when my grandmother was dying, I wasn't interested in her finding out I was an atheist because I wasn't interested in her turning into an atheist. And, and I was actually bitter toward parents of mine who told her, despite me expressing I didn't want her to know, and then with this whole cover of like, well, I thought you were proud to be an atheist, and I'm sitting there like, no, she's dying, and you added to the things she was suffering over because that caused her dread. So I definitely think there are situations where I'm not going to say it's the appropriate time. If a person's mourning a dead uh, child or whatever, that's not the appropriate time to go and try and strip away their religion from them. That said, I, I do think when that situation has passed or before that situation has come on, we should be attempting to give people healthy coping mechanisms that are anchored in reality over, even if it does work as a coping mechanism. Uh, because I, I feel like, for example, that my father who coped with this grandmother, his mother's death, hasn't actually coped with her death because he doesn't really believe she's dead. She, he believes he's going to see her and with his lifestyle choices health-wise uh, for most of his life, I don't think he thinks it's going to be that long from now. And so I would still see value in after the fact, now that he's gotten past the initial, the, the initial grief, um, still trying to work on a secular, a set of secular values that get people through it uh, as a base because that appears to be what reality is as opposed to Mormonism, which is not. <laughs> it's, it's not even close. So, so I, I, I do agree with you, though. The, uh, the whole um, – that it would – and I've heard stories of this, though you usually hear it secondhand. But if those atheists exist that are like, oh, your child died, oh, you're upset, oh, this God stuff, and they choose that time to be a dick about it – if those atheists exist, stop being a dick. That's like, I don't care. I, I, I say that all the time. That was me when I was like 10. Yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. Well, but we all know that <coughs> children are monsters. All children. Every child. You watching right now and you're thinking like, not my child. They're the Your child's a monster. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, that's, I just like to say things like that sometimes. Uh, okay. We'll, we will move on to the next one here. Karina, do we have your do we have your name correct? Is it Karina? Oh yes, hello. My name's Karina. Cool. Is it K A R I N A? K A R I N A. Yes, most people spell it with a C. <laughs> well, the auto screener spelled it correctly somehow, which is brilliant and amazing. <laughs> uh, Karina, what are you still I holding am on to? Amazed. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Um, actually, they butchered Taylor's name. So, yeah, real bad. A lot like Taylor. <laughs> I have a lot of uh, existential dread. <laughs> yeah. I have been an atheist since I was 12 years old. Um, finding out that Santa wasn't real kind of did it for me, but it took me another two years to kind of come to that conclusion, mostly because I also came to the conclusion that I was pansexual around the time. Um, and at first, my family was very supportive, so there were a lot of things associated with the idea that God doesn't exist that I didn't have to think about. Um, but recently my mother started going to church again and she's been putting a lot of pressure on me to, you know, go to church events even if I don't believe and to help out with church things because, you know, we're doing good things. It's the right thing to do. She's always believed that, you know, as long as somebody's good, it doesn't matter what they believe. And I yeah. genuinely think she does believe that. Right. Um, but just lately... 
in the last like two or three years, I've had a lot of dread. I've never had to deal with death before. And I firmly believe that I will no longer exist when I die. And that scares sure. me a lot, you know? Right. No, I get you. It's very difficult. Hope, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm on Team Existential Dread here, too. <laughs> yeah, it's it might be a natural state to be in. Like, uh, I mean, that's that's one of the sad things about we have ginor as as humans. We have big, throbbing prefrontal cortexes. And uh, I liked trying to make that sound sexy and then making it weird. But um, and we are capable of having that existential dread. Don't get me wrong. Don't. Don't get me wrong. What did I just say? I know that phrase didn't come out correctly, but don't get me wrong. The animals definitely do try to survive frantically, but we can live in that constant state of dread as though we are a rabbit that's just been picked up by a hawk and we are thrashing about. Meanwhile, we haven't left our bed or for me, because for some reason, this is just a place I have panic attacks. I have panic attacks on the toilet all the time. And that is my brain literally saying fight or fly right now. And you shouldn't do either on the toilet, I assure you. Uh, uh, <laughs> and and so that's unfortunately it's it's a it's a thing that um, I think I think the only thing I think you just age out of it. Like like Hope was talking about before you hope that as you get older, your attachment to living gets less because your hips start to hurt or your you know, you, the, I have arthritis in my fingers already. I played piano growing up and stuff that that you sort of look forward to like, I've enjoyed life, but I'm looking forward to not doing it anymore. Um, if you like, though, mm -hmm. if that stuff is still happening with your mom a lot, I can give you what is probably an excellent tip on how to deal with that. Um, it's not happening so much anymore now that okay. I've made it very very clear to her that I have no intention of going to any church event, regardless of whether or not it's for a good cause. Sure. Although I have offered to help outside of the church, of course. Well, um, I'm going to share what my advice was going to be anyway, because I set it up and now I feel like that gap in the universe is there, but more so <laughs> that I've set it up for the audience uh, uh, and to try and satisfy what oh, might be a question to them. Uh, I also have a dad who brought up lots of stuff, lots of books, lots of things that he doesn't think I could even understand unless I do A, B, C, D. And basically, I just offered an exchange every time, which sounds dangerous. And maybe it, it, it very well could be different for everybody. But I've given this advice out to other people and it's worked. So I suspect that this is the universal rule. Basically, when they say, I would like you to do such and such, you say, yes, of course I will, but in return, I would like you to do such and such. And you come up with a secular alternative. This especially got my dad to stop reading, uh, uh, offering to exchange books because I told my dad I would read any four religious books. If he would read just The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins, he read the first four chapters of it in the library, actually. He read the first four chapters, put it back, called me. He told me that he thinks he's an excellent, he even said something like, he might be the best writer I've ever read. However, uh, I'm not going to finish this. Which I think means that introduced some level of doubt he was extremely uncomfortable with, that he was starting to see the stuff, and he put up that wall. But I didn't have to read those four religious, I put a lot on the line for that. <laughs> I didn't have to read those four religious, I even told him I'd write him a friggin' page summary of each book to prove I read them, too. 
Uh, so uh, uh, I, I recommend, because worst case scenario, they're going to take you up on it and you're going to get to expose to them that all these things they think are so wonderful about religion can exist without religion, whether it's charitable, charitable mm -hmm. events, but by secular institutions or with more secular motivations, uh, or if it is books about morality or whatever else, finding, finding those alternatives. That's the worst case scenario. Uh, but best case scenario, they'll leave you the fuck alone. And, you know, I think that's a good scenario. I, I, I at least in my life, am often in a state of wanting to be left the fuck alone. But that's just me. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. I've had anxiety and depression and all of those things for years. Again, sure. since I was 12. A lot happened in that time. Um, and I'm only 19, so I still live with my mother. I still have to yeah. you know, deal with her on a day-to-day -day basis, and I love her a sure. ton. Um, so I have good news, though, for you now. A lot, and now that I know you're 19, I will tell you, when you move out and you do life, life a, a, a little more on your own, you start to, to gain some more independence, your attachment to living will go down. That's just across the board. It, it, life is hard. It often sucks. And I can tell you that where hope has those moments of seeing the grand mountainscapes and I can die happy, uh, I, I have far more moments of like, God, let me just die already. Not literally God, but I've, I'm ready to. Uh, I've actually thought about making a video before. Uh, and, and this may be something I do soon because I think it's it's important to mental health. But the, the, the sentence I always say is something along the lines of I'm not remotely suicidal. I just wish I was dead all the time uh, and because they are different. That is so, such a like millennial generation V thing that I can totally relate to. <laughs> it's I think it's more that we uh, talk about it, though, because like I've I uh, when I was younger, I, I was suicidal. Uh, and then my dad like revealed to me at one point that he dealt with those thoughts a lot up until he was like 30, but he's dealt with depression his whole life. I think we just talk about it now, which is, I think, really good and super healthy. And I hope lands us in really good, super healthy. In other words, we aren't just all collectively, <laughs> for lack of a better word, complaining. We aren't just all collectively complaining without any desire to fix it. I hope it actually leads to these conversations lead to solutions. But that's just me. Also, um, yeah, I, I mean, mean kind I've... of. Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, you can go. Uh, I guess I'll. Yeah, I guess I'll go ahead. Um, I know that both you and Telltale talk about mental health a lot, and that's one of the reasons that I was kind of drawn to the both of you, um, <laughs> because it's clear to me that you suffered through a lot of the same things I have, even though I'm a lot younger. Um, I suppose you have more experience then for that reason. Uh, and it helps. Uh, yeah. It helps me deal with I've that existential dread, knowing that there are people with a like mind who understand the experiences I've been through. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so for me, it's more I deal with anxiety on an extreme level. I dealt with depression a lot as a kid, but a lot of people don't realize that um, I think they think su being suicidal or the desire to be dead all the time is only a line of depression it is definitely a line of anxiety too i've had panic attacks so bad where I, like literally i'm fantasizing about being dead because dead people don't have panic attacks as far as we know yeah ha so, <laughs> but hope you were uh you were saying something before uh 
uh, when when you were deciding who was going to go next? Oh, um, I mean, I'll I'll definitely go back to that thought. But based off what you just said about having you know fantasies of being dead, so you don't have panic attacks, I've definitely had that thought about you know I wish I was dead so I can get the dying part over with. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'll never have to worry about dying again. I just want to get it out of the way. Yeah, but it doesn't work like that. <laughs> That's um, funny though. What's that? Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. Um, no, finish that thought because I was going to go to the other thought. So I was—I was just going to say that's funny you say that because I have—I uh, have oftentimes thought like, it's not being dead I'm afraid of; it's dying. Once I'm <laughs> dead, I won't care at all. <laughs> I not only will I not care, I won't anything. Period. Like I just won't—I <laughs> won't anything at I mean, all. Your organs will go to children. <laughs> Mine can't. I'm. I'm not. I do oh, not have a a, uh, a human body. Anyone wants to share in, uh, share at all. Uh, I think my eyes. I, I recently was told that my eyes could go somewhere. There's nothing like messed up about. Like the but, corneas. But they. Yeah. Yeah. They can't see for shit though. So <laughs> I have contacts. Well, at least in. So my vision is terrible. For with your hair. One last thought. Yeah. Yeah. My hair also will actually be cut um, into individual strands that people will be able to purchase on the internet so you can uh, <laughs> that's gonna pay for my subscribe to stuff. his patreon right now you get a lock of his hair when he's dead <laughs> <laughs> that's not real <laughs> i do not want to be legally obligated to it okay anyway um I, I do have one last thought uh so you just said that for you the fear is dying uh for me it's kind of the exact opposite the fear is being dead like People always tell me, oh, you're going to hell for this. You're going to hell for that. Hell would sure. be a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it would be an so afterlife. It doesn't, <laughs> like, that doesn't wow. affect me. Sure. But um, the, the idea of no longer existing, that's what affects me a lot in my day-to-day -day life. Right. Keeps me up no. at night, you know, the usual. <laughs> I 100% I, I get that, too. And there's... um. Shit, it's a really famous quote, and Sam on Game of Thrones alluded to it this last... It's This isn't a spoiler, though, for the record. it was. A, it, this is like one of the existential conversations they were having. But the, the quote goes something like, we die two deaths when we actually die, and then the last time somebody ever remembers us or utters our name. And that's like, that fucks me up all the time. It really does, because I, I think about, mm -hmm. like, I wonder who will be the last person to experience me in any way. And so now I'm putting out a uh, hundred hours a month of YouTube content. Don't in say the that, I'm a titty model. I can't think of that. Oh, <laughs> well. My news are on the internet forever. But you're People also. People off to me when I'm dead. This is, this is the video. Oh, that is, a, that is a rough thought too, because teenagers, I'm trying to remember who it was, but somebody died when I was like 16. And I was like, oh, that's really sad. And let's go look up their pornos. Uh, but that was <laughs> at 16. That was that was amongst the least weird things I did in a, in a day. Um, wow, that makes me really sound. I'm not going to explain. I'm just going to let that hang out there. Uh, uh, but Karina, thank you so much for calling. Did you have anything else before we move on to the next caller here? Oh, I had a last uh, no, thought that's that might it. help Thank her. you so much for talking to me. I'm a huge fan. Don't leave just yet because Hope has one more thing to tell you. Um, All right. when talking specifically about like existential dread and having fear of after death, uh, a book that really helped me uh, was actually by Stephen Hawking. It's called A Brief History of Time. And it's literally just a layman's term book about the universe and talking about how expansive it is 
Um, and it's mostly based in physics. There isn't really any religious element to it at all. Um, but knowing that, like, when you actually come to the realization how insignificant your role in the history of everything is, I think that that really helped me cope a lot. And it, it sounds weird, and you probably doubt me right now, but I wouldn't, you know, turn down that book until after you've read it. And, you know, even no, if it doesn't help you really cope, book. you learn a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, it is actually, it is, yeah, it is a really, really good book. Interesting. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I love a good read, so. And Stephen Hawking yeah, also didn't, well. didn't believe in God. He sometimes used God language, uh, to sort of, sort of metaphorically, but he was very clear, uh, at his death, which, you know, was really cool when a bunch of like Christian meme maker generator people made images of him burning in hell and stuff like the dude lived with ALS for decades. I don't think he was very afraid of hell. Anyway, that's just me. No one's no one's agreeing with that. Apparently, I, I uh, uh, no, ALS, ALS is a bitch, though. Like you don't you lose your ALS your, is terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a, a, a first cousin once removed who died of it, too, which instantly makes me like, well, now I'm genetically linked to someone who had it. So it's coming for me. For people who don't know, that's also called Lou Gehrig's disease. It's it's terrible. Anyway, thank you so much, Karina. We are going to move on to the next one. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you. All right, bye. Thank you. And for anybody who is currently trying to call in as we drop this one, because we we are already hitting the hour mark, uh, uh, we're not going to be taking any new callers here. We're going to get through. We have some callers left on the line. We'll get through those. Then we will read out Super Chats. Don't forget that tonight, uh, any Super Chats, 50% of them do go to Hope and her dog rescue missions and her Korean uh, uh, things that she's headed off to do. To, to save the, the dogs in the meat trade. For the moment, uh, we need to have a, a, a quick break. It'll be two seconds long. Everyone can handle it, but this is for the podcast. This is where the ads go. This is what pay the bills. It's, well, one of the things. Really, Patreon pays my bills, I'm going to be honest here, but we also have to put an ad in here. So we will be right back. And then I'm just stare at the camera for two seconds. Well, welcome back, everybody. We are back with the, did we lose any viewers in that two-second break? Tons of them. Wow. No, I'm kidding. It was like three people, which still weird, <laughs> but whatever. Um, we are we are going to move on here to the next call. Hope, did you have any thoughts before we jump on this next one? Because I think I forgot to. You no, know, I have the name card ready. But any thoughts before we get get moving on? Yeah. Um, if you guys want to shit on any of my ideas, I'm super open to like you know hearing other people's opinions always. But if you really want to make me feel like a bad person and like insult me to hell at least use a super chat oh that's a good <laughs> okay yeah yeah, yeah. so It'll if make you sure want to read it <laughs> the funny thing is like it's going to be the commenters later more often that you will receive quote-unquote abuse from usually the people who are live listening and are in the live chat they're usually amazing people and, and there are probably people who uh like i said we have that we have that small disagreement about um using but then when you also fleshed it out, I don't think we did. The nuance of your position there with the people who've just had someone die and then I brought in my grandma, it sounded like we were pretty lined up, which I think is a fun thing to do when you find out you and somebody else disagree to find out if you really disagree. Because sometimes you have the same belief, but your nuances 
the nuances of your belief are the same, but the way you express it is different. I like that. I think it's it makes life interesting. Yeah, and I'm like totally the easiest person to disagree with because I'm just like, yeah, okay, I get it. Even if I yeah. continue to disagree, like I get you. And for the record, for people who are sending super chats, which we're going to read here at the end, uh, it doesn't have to be on topic here. I know that Hope is extremely open. So if you want to ask her questions, make them respectful enough questions about uh, being an asexual content adult content creator. I think that that she would be totally open for that. If I'm putting words in your mouth and I should shut my mouth, shut, shut my fat face, uh, just tap your nose twice like that. Just scratch your neck. I'm just kidding because you just. OK, anyway. It's really hard to offend me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I might get pissed off though if people. <laughs> I it's. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm. It's not that I'm easy to offend because I don't take personal offense much, ever. But I just really like. I almost enjoy aggressively addressing dick faces. <laughs> Hannah, you are then? on the air. Sorry, I just thought that was a funny transition. Hannah. <laughs> What, what, what are you still holding on to? Um, the first thing popping in my head usually is like racist and homophobic thoughts that were drilled into me when I was younger. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Go, do you want to expand my, on that at all or do you want us to take it from there? Um, I can expand a little bit. My yeah. dad is to this day. So he was abusive, but he was very racist, very homophobic. Yeah. I even when I got talked to him on the phone last week. Um, but like he would hammer it t- into me. The Confederacy is great. Um, and like I genuinely loved everybody growing up. But it would be like you can love everybody, but also you have to hate them too. Right. It was right. very weird. Yeah, it's similar to the like hate the sinner. Or sorry, hate the sin, love the sinner kind of mentality, uh, which is something that I harp on all of the time. But I will tell you, I am a person who uh, my religious ideology informed my political ideology, which resulted in being a racist, misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, all of the phobics, to tell you the truth. Uh, <laughs> I, I was I and I I am always I try to be open about this in the hopes that it reaches other people who who were this way I was a monster a monster of a person my my uh, ideological differences just mean angry and uh, bigoted um, and so th- basically it takes checking yourself knowing that about yourself and correcting yourself and every every time because while I, uh, uh, which it's so funny to think back now because I would, I would currently call myself uh, an aggressive pansexual, and yet my homophobia was to the point I saw two guys kissing and I had a reaction to it that was negative, just bare, and that didn't go away overnight. Even when I became an ally to LGBTQA plus causes, when I when I had all of those friends and all those things. That doesn't that doesn't just go away because that's hardwired and hard programmed. And it does take really it's it's more than because most of that stuff you're going to keep internal and you're not going to say out loud. So if other people aren't going to be able to call you out when you do it, it does take calling yourself out. And I used to say really douchey uh, uh, racist things like, well, you know, but black people do tend to do such and such more. 
uh, like certain asshole YouTubers who are currently running for UKIP in the in in England. Uh, uh, if some people will know who I'm talking about, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Uh, but I I would say I would say that kind of stuff spread out that kind of stuff. I believed in the whole concept that black people were cursed and that their curse included their skin color, but also certain traits about them. And so when you as you get older and you interact with people. Uh, uh, and you leave those beliefs behind, you can find that your general impression of a person is still influenced by that that base belief. And I think I've gotten completely away from them, at least for the last four or five years or so. Um, but it does take time and it, it genuinely takes calling yourself out for that, because especially if you're keeping that all internal, uh, it's unlikely people are going to be calling you out for it. Right. Um, my mom helped me by getting me over the brainwashing. And I'm having another, I have another friend. We are helping each other because we, actually because of something you said in one of your shows the other day. Um, she has certain problems and I, I'm not educated on LGBTQ um, plus or anything. I'm from Kentucky where... Uh, nobody talks about it. Right. And I just moved to uh, um, Oregon in a very liberal part where um, it is talked about. So we're calling each other out on our problems sometimes, which is really helpful. Yeah, no, I think, and, I think it is too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and when you are... The best part of it. Go ahead. I think um, the biggest part is education yeah. and therapy. Yeah, I think both of those are important. And the nice thing is we now have almost the entire world's knowledge in our fingers anymore. We have smartphones. You have Google. This is something that uh, uh, happened to me this week. I actually had multiple people ask me a question related to the trans community in response to a tweet uh, that a trans friend of mine made and they didn't feel comfortable going to that actual person so they came to me and it, it was multiple it kept it it all happened uh, mostly over the same 24 hours one after the other and at a certain point I was like hey y'all Google I am not the arbiter of trans people like Google go go talk to Google and 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 look up so uh, knowing knowing that we can educate ourselves in that way, I think that's a really good thing that, that people can do. And to be thoughtful and seek after that knowledge, um, I, I definitely think will help you in getting over those feelings that are that you were raised with that you know it sounds like you know those are wrong. Uh, and so I think I think you're right. Education and therapy will, will both be super helpful. What about what about thoughts from hope? Hopeful well, thoughts. I'm, they're not exactly hopeful. They're kind of sad. Um, oh. but, <laughs> um, so I'm going to start off talking about my upbringing with particularly racism. Um, my grandfather on my dad's side is black. Well, he was, and then he died. <laughs> um, and so my dad was mixed, but still very, very racist. He considered my grandpa one of the good ones and the rest of everybody else, the N word. I think he had a lot of internalized, uh, racism and uh, so that's kind of the environment I grew up in, in a very white part of town. Uh, at least, like, 
I went to a very diverse school for a couple months in middle school, but that was like the first time I really started seeing, um, you know, black people that weren't, you know, coined by my dad as the good ones. <laughs> they were just normal yeah. people. Uh, and I think like um, when I was in college, uh, we had a very, very small Asian community. Um, and the only Asian I had any kind of experience with was a Chinese guy that was my roommate that ended up sexually assaulting me. So at that point, I had been to college. I've seen people of all different you know, races, shapes, and sizes. And I already had this idea that I didn't want to be like my father, and I didn't want to put myself in this box and put labels on people. Um, but after the sexual assault, every time I saw an Asian person, I couldn't stop thinking about the attack. And I knew it was racist, and I knew I didn't want to have that programming, but it was just like, you know, wild things happen when you're assaulted. And um, I I had dealt with that, um, with just like forms of healing and getting over the assault in general for years. And uh, it was was kind of weird because I knew I was beyond it. I knew I had other Asian friends since then, but I still had this like, uh, nervousness when going to Asia that right. uh, I would, you know, those feelings would kind of come back up. And I've been trying so hard to, like, deal with them and be an open-minded and more progressive person regarding that. But um, it just turned out the more people I met that were diverse for me, the more positive experiences I had with people of um, particularly Asians. And uh, it just, you know, what? went away. So... What's really unfortunate, too, is like you had that experience, which was obviously extremely uh, extremely real experience because it happened to you. But the media, there is lots of there's lots of stuff that is media driven in the past that uh, and it's getting better. But a lot of people have drawn similar associations between I see people who assault people depicted as such, who rob people depicted as such. So they draw those same associations and they draw those same feelings of, of hey, nine out of ten law and order victims from the 90s I saw looked like this, not victims, but uh, uh, criminals, look like this. And now my brain feels like when I see a person like this, that means they're a criminal. And it's, it's, it's an unfortunate defect even of, of the fact that our brains are so pattern recognizing and want to find those patterns and want to commit to them because living in a predictable world feels safer to us, but it's a, it's, we're being tricked. And so uh, uh, where you have a tragic situation like happened to Hope, and that was something that was obviously, it sounds like, very difficult to get through and get over, there are people who haven't had that traumatic and intensive experience drawing those same associations because of, of the depiction, the way, the way certain people are depicted. And I mean, it's not just with race. It's also with people have in their head when you say a gay guy, what they think that looks like because of of their understanding. And yet when people find out that Jimmy likes dick, too, uh, they're usually somebody like me that usually catches them off guard. And that's that same thing, that same we don't draw those associations and we and we and we make certain assumptions about people because of of the and so uh, you have to it's something you have to on a personal level figure out and and improve upon it definitely though like what i can say 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I get that. Um, my cousin, I did not realize that she is pansexual um, until I, like a couple months ago when she got engaged. Right before she got engaged, she was like, I think they're dating, but I'm too nervous to ask. Uh, but now I'm um, one of the bridesmaids, and it's really cool, and I love her and her girlfriend. They're the best. Hope, what were you going to say? Um, well, I mean, just like a, a broad generalization of, like, the more you travel and experience people that are different than yourselves, uh, mm-hmm. the way your, your brain is trained to recognize those patterns, you know, subsides because... You know, you're breaking the pattern every time you meet someone that looks different from you and you have a positive experience with them. Exactly. So. Yeah. yeah. You form new, and like, better patterns. Yeah. And it, it sucks, too, because, like, for example, um, I knew this person in college that happened to be trans. And I feel like they made a lot of people transphobic that were open to the idea of, you know, being trans. But, like, not being trans, but, you know. Um, and that negative experience with that one person that they happened to meet right? kind of, you know, put this image in people's heads. And I'm, I'm sure that wasn't yeah. their intention, but like it really has to be your own personal mission to meet people that are really diverse. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. What's worse, <laughs> is to, what's worse is you'll also find people out there who, or like wh- when we go back to media, uh, uh, people who, want to undermine things like uh, feminism or being transgender or whatever will try and go and find a person who is a negative caricature of that and put that on television and let that be what is representative of all these people. And so now we have these these negative associations. I get so much shit every time I say I'm a feminist. But, yo, I am. I am a feminist. And so it, it, because they immediately go to, well, the feminism I know, and then they it's it's a whole thing. And then people want to go, no, you're not a feminist. You're an egalitarian. And yet I'm going to keep saying I'm a feminist, mostly because it bothers incels. I mean, it's like especially like that with the advent of the Internet. You've got so many different people um, communicating, but the people with the loudest voices are usually the worst people that represent their group. Right. Like vegans, for example. The, the people that you know are vegan usually suck. But that doesn't mean <laughs> vegans suck in general. They're just eating plants and like doing their own thing. <laughs> the funniest thing about you saying that is the live chat this entire time we've been talking pretty much has only been talking about veganism since we mentioned it earlier. It has been all about veganism. And, uh, and listen, I, I admire many vegans. Also, to whoever is, I, I think there was an argument about whether vegans will definitely get anemia. I'm pretty sure vegans have figured that shit out. Uh, but um, I've been uh, vegan for 11 years. I'm yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, uh, for me, the hardest thing about, I would love to not eat anything that, the hard part is, uh, as Anthony Bourdain put it, if, if something's delicious, something somewhere died to make it delicious. Whether it's not necessarily that you're ingesting meat, but the hardest part for, for me to switch to veganism is because I have my health stuff, uh, my most reliable, I eat rice and chicken when I want to know what I'm going, what my experience of food is going to be like. Those are my only, that's my only meal that I know how I'm going to feel after. So, uh, I admire vegans very, very much, but I am, I just am not one. I, 
I would, I might even be mildly addicted. I'm also going to die at like 35 because of all the sodium. So there is that. <laughs> uh, Hannah, thank you so much for calling. We are going to move on to the next caller here, but but really great conversation, I think. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great right. day. I, I don't know why I'm pretty sure this is going to be the case, but I don't trust that the auto screener got this thing right. Is your name, uh, is, is the next person, is, is your name Joey? Yes. Oh, it is right. Okay. Wow. I don't know. Like the way, the way the whole text popped up, I was like, I just don't think it's possible. Joey, what are you holding on to? Um, oh, that's wrong. There's <laughs> a lot of things. Um, I grew up in a Pentecostal home. <laughs> so yeah. my biggest things were like, for example, 14 months old, I raised my hand in church. And that I still hold on to that. <laughs> like um, my full name, using my birth name, con- uh, consecrated unto God, a living sacrifice who would loved is its actual translation. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. My name means boring because it's the most common. James is the most common first name in the world, I, I understand. <laughs> I mean, I'm named after a porn star. Um, <laughs> 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 Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh, gosh. One of my biggest things is um, uh, I grew up without a father, so I've always seen God as my father figure. So I'm still like, I hold on to that. So if I'm really sad or depressed, I'm just like, oh, God, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I um I talked about this a little bit. I, I've talked about this actually in a, in a couple of ways. And so if I can recommend longer videos, because we won't have time to go through all of this here, but a couple of longer videos that I've put up that that will probably help you. I'd say first go watch my video from just this last week, Why Prayer Actually Works. And then the other one is How I Got Over Religious Guilt, um, because both of them will have really relevant things. But I will tell you, I felt the exact same way about God, not because my dad was missing, but because my dad wasn't a very good dad, certainly not to me. Uh, And so God to me was the dad who got me. Dad to me or God to me was the dad who uh, I could talk to about anything. He already knew everything. Uh, I kind of lived in an, an open prayer all of the time. I wasn't as good at the praying like when you're supposed to pray, but I was pretty much always praying and always communicating. Um, and so there are ways to to intercept that and replace it with healthier habits. Um, you you still can do things also that are similar to things like prayer and talking to God, but where you're doing things like auditing. Here are the things I'm happy for. It gives you perspective. It makes you it. it can make you feel better about life because you actually recognize your own accomplishments. And then you can also have your list of like, here are the things I hope to accomplish. And that kind of puts them on your radar and, and gives you a constant reminder. Um, but I, I feel for you and I feel for that that uh, that take on, on God and God being super dad. What do you think, Hope? I mean, a lot of what you said, I, I mean, I was going to touch on, but I totally agree. I think um, I mean, I didn't really have a father figure either. He was a really horrible person. 
And um, I, I think uh, the idea of praying to a, a God to recognize your accomplishments, um, like you said, can be translated in a way where you're just really appreciating yourself. Um, and I think a lot of it kind of stems from, or at least for me, was the fact that I wanted validation and that I didn't accept validation for myself. I always wanted validation from somebody else. Everyone that I turned into a father to, father figure, I was looking for validation from because I really didn't believe in myself or wanted to hear it from somebody else. But when you, um, when you learn to hear it from yourself, uh, it, it feels so much better. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. What do you What do you think, Joey? Anything um, helpful here for you? I will. Uh, my only other thing is one of my. I, you did touch on it just now. I do have trouble with internalized homophobia, but surprisingly, not towards others, but myself specifically. Oh yeah, no, I. I'm familiar with that also. I um, it's funny too because I had to deal with an anatomical repulsion where I had in my brain that penises except for mine that every other penis in the world was just disgusting and and everybody who likes them they're just wrong uh, uh, which also manifested in strange ways too because it kind of made my brain insistent that like Everyone, every, every, uh, every person who identifies as a woman must also be actually a lesbian. They just don't realize it. That was something I also dealt with for a while. But uh, I will tell you that was something that was my own internalized homophobia as well. That once I got over, found out, uh, no, they're excellent. They're quite also those those thoughts I had about like nothing goes in my butt. I was wrong. <laughs> but, you know, anyway. <laughs> I digress. Uh, uh, it, it, it does. I, I get what you're saying. And, and those those internalized feelings, um, they can be really. I mean, look at a channel like Girl Defined. Girl Defined is internalized misogyny, the YouTube channel. And that's something we all I mean, they are themselves women who are misogynists because of the misogyny they've internalized. So um, it is it is something that. It can be extremely damaging. Being self-aware and acknowledging it up from the onset, I think, is the number one thing you can do to to get better, to curb that, and be better, feel better, all those things. And um, even though yeah. I didn't grow up religious or never was religious, I still had uh, internalized homophobia from you know growing up in that household with my dad. Um, yeah. And you know, religion or not. Uh, I think it's totally normal when people are discovering their sexuality to think, um, especially if they grew up in a homophobic environment, that, like, I don't mind gay people, but that's not me. Like, kind of trying to distance yourself from it. Like, they can be gay. They can be my friend. Like, that's fine. But I can't be gay because, you know, it kind of reminds me of something horrible my mom said. Um, She didn't want to get my brother tested for ADD and put him on medication for it. Um, because she said, I'm fine with other kids having ADD, but I wouldn't produce a child that has it. Uh, and I, I think the, the two are really horrible, but similar. Um, but yeah, I think internalized homophobia, uh, is, I mean, I'm sure 
when you grow up in a religious household, it can be a lot stronger of a feeling. But mm. um, that's something all of us in the gay community can relate to a lot. Yeah. The um, uh, by the way, somebody's someone just wrote, "Whoa, there's censorship here. Not cool, bro." Uh, yeah, absolutely. What did you think? What did you, there's uh, uh, in the live chat? Somebody was being a douche, and they got timed out. Um, and yeah, trolls, people who are this. This is not. I was going to say this is not America, as though we we are a democracy that actually appreciates free speech. But yes, the rule is don't be a dick in the live chat or we do things. What did you think this was? Who did you think I was? Uh, uh, but it's funny what you were talking about there, Hope, and it made me flash back to every time I've heard somebody say, I don't care if you're gay, just don't hit on me. And every time it was by a person who absolutely that was not a problem. They, they were not getting hit on by gay dudes. Uh, and I think probably at the end of the day, they wondered why not. I think that's what it really stemmed from. Like, how come they never hit on me? But no, it's, it, yeah, it's very funny. If you're not getting hit on by women, you're not getting hit on by anyone else. That's, <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> the, the, yeah, that was always so funny to me, though. Just, I don't care if you're gay. Just keep, has that really been a problem? Has that has that been an issue? As though as though being, I think a lot of them also thought that because they had only just heard about it, being gay was something new. And I'm gonna tell not. that to every straight guy that cat calls me. I don't mind you're straight, but don't you flirt with me. <laughs> Keep that away from me. Uh, thank you very I'll much, be straight Joey. Somewhere else. <laughs> in your, you'll be straight in your safe spaces. <laughs> um, uh, uh, thank you very much, Joey. We're going to move on to the last caller here, but I, th I think this was a really good discussion. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Now, this next one, and this is the final call of the night, uh, we don't actually have a name on. So first thing first would be, what is your name? Hello? Um, you can just call me Cap. Cat, all right. I'll call you, Cat. Let me take off the on the phone. Oh, now I'm messing the whole thing up, and I will. Uh, I'll fix. I'll fix that. Cat, what are you still holding on to? Okay. Um, I'm just gonna warn you. This is a little emotional for me to talk about, and I might choke up a bit. Um, I have a sibling who is an addict. And um, she went through the worst of it around the time our grandmother died. I was her caretaker. Um, I was there alone when it happened. And um, I've been through a lot of hopeless situations in my life. And um, my sister has nearly died several times. She's been to jail. Um, and no matter what we've tried, nothing works. And I know that it's her choice. I know there's nothing I can do to make her stop. But I'm so terrified of losing her, and I don't feel like I have anything left. Yeah, I. so um, while I don't have a sibling that is themselves dealing with addiction, I can tell you about half of my siblings are adopted and uh, a significant... Uh, all of them come from, all but one, come from uh, bad drug situations in the past and have seen horrific things, had had horrific experiences. 
Um, and I, I, I 100% get that attachment. And the only thing I can say here is I'm, I don't think you should lose that attachment and that, that desire to, um, to hold on to your family member. Obviously you have to know how to maintain it, how to manage it. While it's not been siblings, I have dealt with addiction myself. Uh, I, I kicked a, a habit of a powdery white snow that I, I enjoyed in my early twenties. Um, and uh, but I've also been around a lot of, of friends and people who were addicted. And, and I know that um, that attachment doesn't go away just because, you know, the person is being self-destructive. I think it's really, really important to understand, too, that addiction is a disease. It's not um, it while it's from from the outside it feels like we're talking about choices these people make and i'm not saying that they can't make better choices and they can't ultimately kick it because it would it'd be horrible to live in a world that you didn't feel like that that was a possibility and and there's enough success stories to know it is but to addicts it doesn't feel like a choice and there's there's things that are on the chemical level doing that but then obviously also on the psychological level um in regards to to how that it, that attaches to turning to God or turning to um, a deity in the in the hopes for interception or help, because I assume that's part of what you're calling in about here. I do know there are there are secular alternatives and secular versions of things like AA, things like Al-Anon, and and like with the first caller, I would say the number one thing that you need right now is a community of people who understand what you're going through, which I think is. Uh, uh, what Al-Anon is more for, which is family members of, of addicts and alcoholics and, and things of that nature, to have those people who feel for you, have gone through what you've gone through, have gone through different experiences of what you've gone through. Some will be, some will be milder and some will undoubtedly be more intense. Um, but I definitely would never say anything like, that it's wrong of you to hold on to that love of your of your sibling. I I have a different upbringing and I have a different perception of of my family because the way my family quote unquote loved each other wasn't remotely healthy. Um, and so I I will tell you I have there have been times where it's not that it's not that there's not something left for them, but I've had to have those moments where and it's hard, but where it's you are a person who abuses me. And so while I'm rooting for you and you to get better, I can't do this anymore. And that's that's a really tough thing to get at, too. And so you're the only person who knows your situation. Obviously, don't let yourself be abused. Community and potentially therapy. And I know that also sounds uh, off to a lot of people, but sometimes the people, while the people, while you know a person, while you have a family member who obviously needs help and needs therapy, that experience can leave you in a state where you need help and you need counseling and you need therapy too. So therapy and community, I think would be, um, the best things for you. Uh, uh, and, and like I said, if you're looking for those secular alternatives, cause you don't want to wrap that up into a religious belief, uh, those things are out there too. It just may take a little bit of work on your part to, to look for a local, uh, chapters and stuff. Anyone who lives near a big city, there's almost always some atheist organization that they themselves do alternatives to AA and Al-Anon. So um, that's just something that, that I thought I would recommend there. What about you, Hope? Any uh, thoughts for Kat here? Yeah, um, and I, I kind of have some um, 
experiences that are similar and different from yours. Like, um, I've been straight edge my entire life, and it's because, uh, I mean, now it's just to the point I have no interest, but uh, my father was um, an alcoholic uh, that was very physically abusive, and my stepfather was also really physically abusive and addicted to pills. Um, and what I'm going to say is definitely differing from yours, but it's, it's such an individual decision. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say it just so that uh, Kat has two different perspectives. Um, for me, although it's really hard knowing someone shares your blood and is part of your household, that doesn't mean you necessarily have a commitment to them. It doesn't mean that you th should throw yourself on the front line uh, championing for their their betterment and their treatment. Because um, with addiction, uh, I, I don't necessarily think it's a, it's a choice. Because like you said, there's psychological and physical components that go into why someone's addicted. But uh, the truth underneath it is someone's not going to get better unless they want to better themselves. And that has some choice to it, although, like you said, it's also physical and psychological. Yeah, but yeah if, certainly. if someone's not looking to get better, you can't just take it away from them and then they heal in a day. Uh, so um, you also have to recognize that rock bottom for you or rock bottom for society is not rock bottom for a drug addict. So just because you see someone hit your rock bottom doesn't mean they're ready to seek treatment so make sure you emotionally prepare yourself so that you're not destroyed every time you see them hit rock bottom and uh like i said their rock bottom is going to be different from yours because you're not dealing with that kind of addiction um so uh i'm not necessarily saying emotionally distance yourself but if it's toxic for you and your mental health to see them going through that experience you just need to give them the time to figure out uh what direction they're going to go in and offer them the support when they need it but don't put yourself yeah. on the front line because you can't help someone else if they're putting you in a bad mental position you have to be in a good mental health to help others absolutely Kat, so there's a couple of perspectives there. I, I, I hope that was helpful. Is there anything um, uh, you want us to explore further, or do you, do you have any thoughts here back for us? Um, I do understand that it is a disease, and what, what I meant by choice is kind of uh, the same as Hope was saying. I also have depression and a couple other m mental illnesses, so I've yeah. likened it to that where, you know, um, getting help in that way, but sometimes it felt like um, I couldn't. And uh, my sister also had uh, has depression much worse than I do, and um, I think sure. that is part of why she fell to addiction, why it's so hard for her to um, get out. And uh, yeah. I, I understand I need to take care of myself. It's just so hard because uh, uh, I did have a, my... Our, our father was um, an alcoholic too, and we both grew up in a, a pretty abusive environment as well. And I, I'm the elder sibling, so I spend a lot of my time trying to uh, deflect that from anybody else. And um, yeah, it's just hard to let that protector uh, um, 
role go? And I blame myself a lot for uh, moving so far away when this all kind of started right after. No, yeah, I understand that. I think too, like, uh, and, and really this goes to both what Hope and I said with either direction. Do you have to have, I think you're going to have to sit down with yourself first and decide what are my boundaries and then pick pick them, establish them for yourself and then stick to them and basically have that wall of this is too much. When this happens, you're cut off or this this is that situation. So whether that means cut off forever or it's it's you don't get to do these things to me because unfortunately people with addiction are are going to take whatever little bit of rope you give, they're going to take it and they're going to start pulling more and more and more. And you have to have those set spots where it's like, no, now your problem is as big a problem for me as it is for you. And I can't handle that because I have my own life with all my own problems. So I think, I think what Hope said there was really, really great. Uh, and, uh, and the rock bottom stuff, you, that was brilliantly wise. I, I, I don't know. I can't say, say how, how fond I am of, of, <laughs> of that that bit of advice and so um yeah i think that's that's uh i I really hope that i i really hope obviously i hope the best for your sister and i hope the best for you because it is you are two different people and so the best for you may not end up being what turns out it it might not line up with what is the best for your sister i'm not saying it's going to make her situation worse but i'm saying it might be the case that only one of you can have that best life and so you have to put you have to put those boundaries up and not let her if she's going to insist on making her life miserable and that that's just always going to be the case don't let her take yours also but obviously she's family and she's somebody you want to have an attachment to so when you set down those boundaries you can also say here are my boundaries but also here's what i'm offering you here is what I am willing to do for you. Here are the exact lines that those stop. So I think, uh, yeah, I think that's um, that's the best I, I can give you. There's definitely other resources out there too, websites and such communities for, for talking about addiction and, and helping people with addiction. By no means am I an expert on this whatsoever. So, uh, uh, but, but hopefully something we said here was at least a little bit hopeful, helpful rather. Oh, um, I mean, I just wanted to add one last part to that. Um, when she was talking about feeling very protective of her younger sister and wishing she would have been there, but she moved. Um, Don't ever feel guilty about where your sister is. You should instead feel proud of where you are. You guys grew up in the same environment in in a toxic household with an uh, alcoholic father. Just because you found a way out doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean you're any better than your sister. It just means you did it like, you know, you, you pulled yourself out of it, which means you're lucky and you're, you should be proud. <laughs> it's a really yeah. hard thing to overcome. So um, it, it a good thing is it doesn't sound like you're like looking down on your sister at all for her addiction, but also just like take the time to be proud of yourself, how far you've come with your own mental health. And uh, it, your sister's not your responsibility. The fact that you got yourself so far is already really incredible. Yeah. I think that's great. Kat, are you still there? Are you still with us? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just... Um, no, you're <laughs> I'm good. I'm trying not to cry right now. You're good. You're good. We, we're going to close out. We're going to actually get to the Super Chat portion here in a moment, but is there anything else you want to... Uh, any Anything you want to leave us with before you go? 
Uh, sure. Um, I wanted to say thank you, and especially to uh, Hope. That meant a lot to hear that. I've never heard anyone say that to me before, so thank yeah. you. That, that meant a lot. Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling, Thanks. Kat. Thank you. I will say, too, uh, and we talked about this a little bit before, but I... Uh, uh, I agree entirely with what much of the live chat has been saying and hope will absolutely be welcome on as often as as she is interested in being on. I, it, I think you are an excellent part of I, I love you are extremely insightful, easy to talk to. You communicate very well, I think, with everybody here. And I just love that that is uh, uh, breaking down the barriers of those people that are like, wait, a titty model? self-described titty model <laughs> i love that i absolutely love that and i think uh i hope that it it tells some people it turns around some people on their uh their preconceived notions what we're going to do now is uh, uh the conversations aren't over now they will be let off by the super chats a reminder to anybody who wants to super chat tonight half of this does go to hope uh she does these dog rescue missions and everything so if you want to show your appreciation for hope coming on you want to say how much you want her to come back or you want to ask a question whether it's about today's content whether it's a question to hope about um uh that she is an asexual adult content creator, any of those kinds of things. Uh, uh, now is is your opportunity. Get in those super chats. You will help fund her dog rescue initiatives. You will help fund my having electricity. Those kinds of things. It's uh, it, it's a really it's a really great uh, uh, thing here. But we will get started off. Um, Meredith says, crap, can't watch the live stream because I have to work. Have fun at FF, you lucky bastard. I am not at Faithless Forum, everybody. Uh, uh, I wish I was. It just couldn't happen with my health stuff. So uh, unfortunately did not. Uh, here is a reminder of Sev from Sev the Conqueror. We actually read this one out earlier. There's a little white speck on your shirt, man. That little white speck was white rice. I uh, haven't a... We were just talking about it, but I was having quite a sick day, uh, especially yesterday evening, yesterday evening and today. So I have uh, stuck to rice and chicken from my favorite place to get rice and chicken, which is Chipotle. Spider Scorpion says, insert dry and witty joke here. I wish I knew when you said that and saw that because that probably made a ton of sense in context. But I have <laughs> no idea what, what you're talking about. Um the Arister writer, why are you not at Faithless Forum? We miss you because Jimmy is chronically ill and sometimes chronic illness beats me. Spider Scorpion, here's to Jimmy and Hope. Thank you very much. Bree, Bree, Bree McKent, I always give what I can toward puppies and then there's a heart and a puppy emoji. Aww. I love that puppy emoji too. It's adorable. Let's spam the super <laughs> chats with puppy emojis. Everyone give $2 with a puppy emoji. Let's help these dogs out. <laughs> Alexandria T, thank you, Hope, with another puppy emoji and a heart. Uh, Grace G, three of our five doggos are rescued from the Korean meat trade. Sending love to you both. I think it's wonderful that that awareness on that has become so much more significant and more people are adopting out of there. Yeah, I mean, people always argue with me in the first place that, like, why aren't you rescuing dogs in the U.S.? When I... I am rescuing dogs in the United States as well, but like they're euthanized here, semi-humanely yeah. versus you know being in 
really horrible, like worse than puppy mill conditions and then slaughtered. Right. Tortured, tormented, (laughs) beaten. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. And it's funny to talk about humane euthanization, but it's it's a real thing. Um, Let's see. I lost my place because I'm a professional. Uh, Ozzy Atheist says, I hope you have hope on more often, Mr. A. High hope. I have high hopes that hope comes on more often. (laughs) Ah, but just wait until I this entire we've gone an hour and 45 minutes and I have not hit on your roommate once, which is weird. (laughs) I am. I thought we said that. Yeah, Brad is just my type. I'm just saying. Uh, Max Hopkins, any parent who doesn't think their child is a monster is in denial. I love my baby, but he is a monster. He's my monster. Absolutely. If I had a child, (laughs) that child would be mine. I would love that child, and they would be an absolute monster. All children are monsters, period. There is no exception. (laughs) Stop thinking you know a child who isn't a monster. They would slit your slow slit your throat in your sleep if they could all of them um (laughs) i was trying to like keep going until it became uncomfortable and until you were like okay but listen we should say uh, but i don't think no i'm gonna i'm just gonna let you keep going with that one i never want to have children (laughs) i so i think my line my cutoff line is probably sooner than yours would be anyway Oscar, I also, I'm not particularly interested in having kids. I'm open to the idea that I'm going to change my mind. However, not for biological children because Jimmy's about to get the old snip snip and then he is going to be so irresponsible. Uh, (laughs) Burning shadows for the dog and because my son is a super sweet monster. Absolutely. Everyone super chat for their children. They're monster, monster children. Oscar Lopez, what is your best argument for not going vegan, Mr. Atheist? Flavor. Uh, 2B and 3.23. Why do people call a discount? Why do people call? I guess I should address, since you paid money, so I should say a little bit more. I uh, 100%, there are a lot of things with veganism I totally agree with. And the fact of the matter is that if for no other reason than I am an environmentalist, uh, the meat industry has a huge negative impact. And so one of the things I have been very, because I am not going vegan myself, uh, one of the things I'm very, uh, I try to encourage people is to try whatever your beef consumption is, reduce it to 10%, whatever it is now, make it 10% of what it is and replace that with chicken because that would have a ginormous impact for the positive. Uh, Regarding like a moral thing, um, I'm a humanist. I'm not saying that I don't think animals have, don't have the same value. Well, no, I don't think animals have the same value as humans. However, many of them have a lot of value. There are definitely a lot of animals I don't want to see killed. However, like we talked about with dog euthanization, sometimes that is the more uh, merciful alternative. Um, but uh, uh, Or the only alternative. Yeah. And unfortunately. I, I often will say I feel that the intelligence of an animal, it makes me more or less prone to eat it. So I try to not eat pork at all because I have worked on ranches. I have worked with pigs. Pigs are fucking geniuses. Pigs are so fucking smart. They are smarter than your dog and your monster and child. And monster children. <laughs> Absolutely they are. So I try not to. Uh, I love pepperoni. That's the only one that's like the hardest thing for me, but you can usually find turkey pepperoni that's pretty close. Um, 
chickens are idiots and I don't think any of them deserve to live. So that's my best argument for eating chicken. Chickens are so stupid. I have also worked with chickens on a ranch and they are all done. I have named chickens and eaten them that night. I have no problem with that. Uh, <laughs> they're so dumb. Um, and cows are somewhere in the middle. Cows like cows don't have the intelligence that I would say makes me want to not eat them, but they are an in, just an environmental disaster. It's something like fish for every one pound of food, you get one pound of fish out of. It's about a one to one ratio. Chickens, it's like two to one. It's, it's, not, it's not bad. Cows are something like you need 50 pounds of feed for, per one pound of meat to get out of them, which if you understand what that turns into in methane and waste and all kinds of shit, that is a disaster, which is why if you can reduce your beef consumption, uh, that is a very positive. Unfortunately, a lot of people have to do it, but that starts with you. Only you can prevent fart holes in the o ozone, which is really what they are. <laughs> fart holes in the o Actually, it's really fart blankets in the atmosphere. Uh, why oh, do people... Um, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, just going to plug a Leonardo DiCaprio film that I adore. <laughs> um, if you're interested in learning about the environmental impact of uh, the meat and dairy industry... Um, Cowspiracy is on Netflix, and uh, like I said, it was made by my husband, <laughs> and uh, it's it's really thorough. And you know, you don't have to give up meat to, you know, work on your impact, like your environmental footprint. Yeah. Um, just just reducing consumption as much as you could. You know, when you like go to Carl's Jr. and see uh, see they have a Beyond Burger instead of a cattle burger, like yeah. just doing little switches throughout the day, like. You know, in the end, uh, makes a lot smaller, especially a water footprint. Absolutely. Why do people call Kyle a discount garden gnome? Because of his face and his body. I don't know what you want from me. That's why. Uh, I also have no idea whether or not Kyle plans on being. We do a Sunday show every Sunday. He's at Faithless Forum. I don't know if he plans on being in here remotely. We'll do a show tomorrow, probably at five, because you know at seven I'm going to be watching some Game of Thrones. Because tomorrow's Game of Thrones promises to be amazing. Uh, though I, I, <laughs> I really suspect there's going to be a ginormous twist in it, and I, I think I know what the twist is going to be, but I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't seen the past. Anyway, Captain Nanu. I love animals. Sometimes I like animals more than people sometimes. I'm also asexual, I found out recently. Um, I wouldn't say like, be, like I said, I'm a humanist, so I'm not going to lead off with animals are better than humans, but I will tell you, I have two dogs and a cat that I like more than 99% of the population. So individually, the animals I know, I tend to like more than most of the people I know and all the people I don't know. Yeah, I'm spending like $2,500 out of pocket to uh, volunteer myself for that rescue and make them a video. Like it's, nice. they're not paying for it. I am. Yeah. And uh I've, I've gotten some criticism like, oh, why don't you put that towards like homeless shelters and like human things? And I'm just like, I, I just simply don't like people that much. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I mean, a bunch of millionaires just raised a billion dollars to repair a, a building that was built on the money of the people they guilted out of their own identities and shit. 
I don't think you need to go after people who are animal conservationists and, and interested in helping animals before you go over the fact that if you're so if you're so worried about homeless people, we just they just donated money to an organization that doesn't need the money to rebuild a building that homeless people aren't going to be living in. Go fucking yell at those people. Don't get me wrong. I do think that that building should be restored. I just think the Catholic Church can use their own billions of dollars to pay for it. Uh, Anyway. um, uh, I kind of want to answer why people call Kyle a discount garden gnome again, but that's just funny to me. Uh, Ray B. (laughs) wrote some things in what I think is Korean, and then it says, go help those doggos. I assume that's what it says in Korean as well, but I have no idea. Um... Joshua Hengel, I love your content. Please keep creating. But as an ex-Mormon, please stop playing hymns. They run through my head for days. So my thought process is I should just start parodying all of them because I have, I'm not good. I'm not, I don't want to be braggadocious, but I have something of a talent for taking a melody and turning it entirely into obscenities and just, just, disgusting and so my thought process is let's stick with the hymns let's just change the words every now and then i'll just break out into song and it'll be like i'll just be describing like we i mormons want to pretend they don't they aren't a cult but they literally like at least one sunday a month at church sing the song we'll thank thee O god for a prophet to guide us in these latter days cult 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 we thank thee for sending the gospel. Sorry, Joshua. Now you've got it. Now you've got that song stuck in your head. Captain Nanu, can you make a video about advice for new atheist YouTubers? I was actually thinking about doing something like that uh, uh, for people who want to get their own voices heard and stuff. The one thing I won't be able to tell you is how to do what I did because I haven't figured out how I did. Uh, uh, I I don't know why my channel took off it the way it did, but I can tell you. The technical stuff, I can tell, I can give you recommendations, but um, I, no one understands my appeal less than I understand it. I don't get it at all. Da Tiana, thank you. Uh, Angelica, oh, sorry, had to say, you're both gorgeous. Take my money. Well, Aww. Hope's way more gorgeous than I am. But listen, let me tell you something about Brad. It's easier to find me naked. <laughs> let me, that's true. Well, yeah, people, I'm on Pornhub. It's just people have not found me yet. But let me tell you about Brad. Brad got a haircut. Oh, I'm so excited for it. Did he shave the mustache? I feel like I saw him with a mustache recently. Yeah, he, he did. Hey, Brad? Okay. Is he home? Brad? 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 Come here. <laughs> I'm very, I'm almost blushing now. Let me read the next one while Brad shows up. Skylar Saunders says, thank you so much for what you do. Your videos have helped me so much with accepting myself and being myself. Hey, Brad. Hey. I'm really glad oh, to see the mustache I'm... is gone. I'm going to put, I'm going to put the two of oh, you. Oh, shit. Screen. Okay. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Hi, Brad. Brad does 3D modeling and stuff. Uh, Brad, hey. you are on air. This is live, just so you know. I don't know. if. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And Brad's also an ex-Mormon and an atheist like myself. And as I was mentioning earlier, Brad is what I would like to call exactly my type. (laughs) Uh, I'm flattered. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, I'm not exactly his type as he's one of them straights. Of one of them straights. You're a very handsome man. I like what you've done oh. with the facial hair, though, and the longer hair, I think. Let me just, I'm going for the fat Jesus kind of look. Just <laughs> wait for Halloween. Everything comes together this Halloween. A little Jesus-y, but you, you pull it off. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's important to me. There's, there's something coming up at the end of the year. I'll, I'll tell Hope after the show, but it's a surprise for the rest of the audience. But there's a reason for all this. Not that this is going away, but there is a reason. Anyway, we got to get back to reading Super Chats, but we, we were talking about you. I was swooning over you. and so table, Hope. by the way. I'm not, I'm not touching him. Oh, yeah, I mean, oh, yes. just to make me jealous, I imagine. Uh, okay. if, you can, if you can hand back to Hope now, though, we're going we're yeah, to finish, finish up back. these. Hey, nice talking to you. Good to see you. We'll talk more after the show. Wink. All right, bye. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> Try a tail says, always good to see another ace hug some pups. I think we were just seeing the pup hugs. And yeah, I think <laughs> I think you are an excellent. I hope you become an asexual icon. I'm not going to lie because. Thank you. Oh, never mind. I can't say I was about to say a Game of Thrones spoiler. I just feel I'm not going to say who it was. I just feel like there is a character that was kind of propped up and while it was never established, they were kind of like both an asexual and non-binary. They seem like both of those things and becoming kind of an icon and it was awesome to see like that kind of representation and then they ruined it. But I'm not gonna say who, cause I don't wanna do that. And I, but it just felt so out of character and I felt like it just bugged me. Anyway, Tiffany, oh I'm mad. No, I'm not that mad. Tiffany says, when, catch, when catching myself beginning to pray, I turn it into a pep talk instead. Strange, but it works. No, that's good. That, I, it's not strange. You're intercepting it and you're turning it into something healthy. I think that's excellent. Alicia Sidney, Zelf on the Shelf made me leave the Mormon church. Zelf on the Shelf, um, they're both amazing and they're both two god dang beautiful people. Uh, they're both just, I love them both so fucking much. Okay. Robert Smith. So big shout out for Zelf on the Shelf. If you are an ex-Mormon or, in, or curious about Mormonism, uh, excellent, excellent channel and excellent people. I love them both so fucking much. Robert Smith. Hey, Hope, that first interview you had with Mr. Atheist helped me realize I was asexual. I have a wife and three kids. I had a real conversation with her and and years of being confused why I felt nothing. That's fucking amazing. That's really great to hear. I mean, I, I know he's not on like a call or anything, so you can't really ask how it went, but I'm really glad yeah. for him. That's, I, I love any time. Did you change the screen so that it's only me? I can't oh, see you right now. I did, sorry about that, I'm back now. I wanted everyone to see the whole frame of everything going on. Um, yeah, but you know, viewership probably went up. We probably kept we probably kept more people on the air <laughs> when my face knocked off. Uh, let's see here, and we're getting close to the end of of these here. So remember, half of these are going to that dog rescue thing that that Hope does. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Be generous, people. Uh, uh, and and you know, let's let's talk about more stuff. 
Destiny D, do you have any advice for coming out as asexual biromantic to a Christian family? My parents are pastors and very much against the LGBTQ community. Uh, move to an alternate reality. No, I'm kidding. Uh, the the honest answer is that same thing I was saying before. You need a community of people as backup, as ready for you. If they are hostile, you may also need a mediator. So if you can find somebody who can facilitate that conversation, be there in the middle. Uh, uh, one, because it will help you be able to organize thoughts. You'll have somebody there who can communicate as, as a backup. And two, because a lot of religious people really don't like to embarrass themselves in front of strangers. They seem to keep, especially with very devout religious families, they're only willing to be as terrible as they can be in front of their family. So you might find that helps too. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm just upset. That's the username. I'm upset too because of that, that Game of Thrones stuff I was saying. Kylie, Ar Kylie Arty, you're all beautiful, but the beard bumps that 10 to an 11 land daddy bless. Thank you. Uh, I assume that is out of a scale of 100. Amber Lynn, heard your <laughs> podcast with Pope, and I've heard about Cowspiracy a lot as a vegan, so happy to hop on live. We'll watch replay and listen to it uh, when it comes out on Monday because that's a thing we do. That's uh, that's how that thing works. Uh, Ozzy Atheist, your Patreon supporters are in the 1% of people you like. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Finger hovering above the unsupport button. I love, love my, uh, my Patreon supporters. And uh, some of my favorite things I get to do are my group chats with them because it is a lot of fun. And absolutely. Well, by the way, there's 7.7 billion people. If I like 1% of people, that's still a lot of people. I just suspect <laughs> it's about 1% of people. Anyway, um, I think that might be uh, the end of our chats here, unless anybody has some last moment, last moment ones they want to add into the fold um, so that we can, you know, keep it, keep one beautiful face on the screen and I my hair is like greasy and stuff too my face is all red and stuff because I I think I'm running a fever so I don't know what these 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 10 bumps of 10 up to an 11 like I said out of 100 uh hope while people decide if they want to do some last minute super chats uh, go ahead and say whatever you want and then tell people where they can find you and we'll see if we can collect some more uh questions and stuff uh, uh from the super chats while you while you kind of say your thing. Yeah, um, regarding the super chat too that was talking about uh, coming out as biromantic and asexual to uh, your uh, religious family, um, there's a lot of resources about coming off, coming off, um, coming out as like um, bi to extends to religious families, but I feel like asexual is harder to find information on, so um, I mentioned this in the in the video about um, me being asexual that I that I did with Jimmy, um, and explaining it from uh, like a biological perspective tends to really help people. If you just say simply, "I'm not interested in having sex," people are like, "What? You're human. It's natural to have sex. How?" But if you explain that, like. Oh, there's you know uh, something psychological is going on, or oh, um, like so many different factors have to happen before you become horny. So, uh, if anything, as far as your hormones are off, 
um, your sex organs are off, uh, parts of your brain, if anything isn't lining up or, you know, um, it, it'll affect your sex drive. So if you explain it like that, it tends to help people understand because there's been points in everyone's life where they were not horny before. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like if someone just went to a funeral and grandma died, they're not going to, I mean, they might, but like, yeah, <laughs> you might not necessarily be horny after because something psychologically is happening in your brain, brain and your hormones are not releasing that information to uh, give you that sex drive. So, you know, some people just have that all the time or, or some people just, you know, have weird things going on with their bodies. So um, that for me has really helped uh, people understand and it makes it more relatable because like I said, there everyone has a point in their life where they weren't turned on before. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because once again, anticipating comments, when you say off, you just mean atypical. Like, yes, tip, there are lots of people that this is the typical case for. But for me, this isn't my experience of that. And because those things didn't line up that way, I don't care about anybody's genitals. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get I them away. People just need me. to be less invested in other people's sex life. <laughs> I 100% agree with that. And I think the number one, so let's start with churches and then individuals. Let's get churches out of sex lives. Fucking hell. Um, just let people enjoy fucking people or not fucking people or sharing their sexuality or not sharing their sexuality. <laughs> yeah. Or oversharing their sexuality on their podcast. Like I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kylie Yardy says, this is another 20 for the doggos. Also, as a Patreon supporter, you all should definitely join in if you can, because the chats are amazing, always amazing, and everyone is super supportive. I, yeah, thank you very, very much for that little plug for my Patreon. Uh, uh, that's awesome in general, uh, and, and that can be found, I don't know what my, I'm sure it's like patreon.com slash Atheist. I'm sure I find I come up early if, if you do go look. Uh, but I will say you've plugged mine. I'd like to take this moment to plug Hope's Patreon, where you for as little as what it, I think ten dollars a month is is a, a is an amazing tier. You get updates on the dogs. You get nudes, but you help dogs for nudes. Who doesn't want to jerk off and save animals? <laughs> Who doesn't want to? Absolutely. And you get the benefit of supporting an adult content creator who is independent and and free of the uh, abuses that some of the other. I, I just talked about this. Uh, we talked about this last time that the porn industry in general, there's a lot of places where things aren't so great and they're downright abusive and shitty. And that's why we should all support independent creators. And you know what's a really uh, who's a really great independent creator to support is someone as goddamn insightful and 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 just a good person all around who's helping out doggies just like Hope. I'm trying to make sure my thumb in, is in the. Also, I can dislocate <laughs> my thumb. I don't know if people knew that about me. I'm gonna do that to make it to make it stick out. Go watch. Uh, go, watch. <laughs> go go subscribe to her Patreon. Go. I mean, go watch. There's there's nudes. There's no, I signed up for the dogs. I stayed for the nudes. Uh, Doug Tiana <laughs> said, Jimmy and Hope, I love you. You're the best for the doggos. Thank you so much. Uh, Eddie Pol Polau. I hope I didn't ruin that. How do I know <laughs> if I'm really ace or aerospec? Uh, my family keeps telling me I'll change. And I don't know if they're right or I'm right anymore. Uh, I'm going to let Hope take that one. 
uh, because I'm not ace. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, um, and this kind of pertains to the idea that sexuality and romance are so fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can identify yourself as one thing and then decide later when you meet someone that changes your mind. Like, um, yeah. like a lot of people think they're straight there their entire lives. And then when they're 35, they meet someone that changes their mind. Like, 27 it's, it's okay <laughs> like go. I knew I knew I saw some cuteness then I was like you me get inside me at 27 <laughs> um but yeah you can you can say uh you're asexual and aromantic and then five years from now um and not only do your experiences change as you uh as you like continue along with life I was gonna say grow but it's not necessarily that um yeah. But your body can also change too. Like I know people that were hypersexual and then became asexual, and I know people that were asexual yeah, and then when they're like thirty-five, they go through a hormone change and then they're sex demons. So you yeah, know, yeah. You, you don't have I, to like, um, yeah, commit to an I, identity. Like it's so fluid. I could use I could use the calming down of and since everyone's <laughs> waiting for it. They always wait to drink for me to mention my libido. Libido, 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 libido. Three of you are dead now. Uh, Eddie, also, <laughs> the only thing that stuck out for me that I feel like I can comment on, because I don't I don't know about, I, I only know what I've learned about asexuality. I can't speak from experience. But you did say the phrase, my family keeps telling me I'll change, which is something a lot of bisexual people, pansexual people, gay, lesbian, I mean, people across the whole spectrum. Your family doesn't determine your sexuality or your romantic orientation. And whatever makes sense to you, that's you. It might only be you for the moment. It might be like Hope said that you meet that person and the thing turns on and you are just never stop fucking them. And, you know, if that turns out to be me, I can accommodate. Anyway, I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> but the, the, but the, the point here is you don't you don't know uh, until until if, if you don't know, you're not going to know until, you know. So if Ace works for you right now and it doesn't later, it doesn't mean you weren't ace when you identified as ace, and it certainly doesn't mean whatever your family tells you or expects of you that that is going to be correct or it's going to be wrong. Maybe they will be right. Maybe you will change, but it's not because they said it. It's not because of some knowledge they have because my guess is their reasoning for that you will change is because they don't understand what it is you're going through. So they assume you're going to change to fit the mold of what they can understand. If you do change, it will have nothing to fucking do with that. So I don't, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but your family can fuck right off. They don't, your family is not your sexuality. Your sexuality is a part of you and you alone. And you don't owe them a fucking explanation, label or anything. They can accept you or not. And then they can go kick rocks. Angelica O says, K, I'll go Patreon. So I'll be in the 1%. Welcome. You are knighted into the 1% <laughs> of people. Oh, man. Bernie Sanders would hate me right now. Listen. Oh, I can't do it. I was about to do Trump. To listen to Jimmy, who he's accommodating the 1%. We don't like the 1% here. Anyway, was that terrible? Sorry, everyone. Uh, I had an incredible time with you. I am so glad you came on. I am. I. I don't think this could have gone better. And I. Uh, uh, I can't wait to read the comments from the incels in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I had a great time. This was an awesome show, and uh, thank you for everyone that called in. 
Absolutely. Uh, uh, Hope, stay on the air. We're going to run our little outro thing. But don't forget, find Hope on Instagram, Hopeless Ofrantic, on Instagram, Reddit, Twitter, and Patreon. Go support Dogs for Titties, doggiesfortitties.com. Okay, that's not a real website that I know of. But Doggies for Titties. Don't type it in the search bar. Doggies for Titties, Titties for Doggies. Yeah, no, I I think that's wonderful. Thank you all so much for coming and hanging around. We will see you next time. I'm Mr. Eighth. I'm fuck. I keep messing this up. I'm Jimmy Snow. Mr. Atheist was not my father. And of course, it's not like that's this needs to go up here. Wait, why does the word button have two capital T's? Because I pronounce it button. So it's hit the subscribe button. That's also, I don't know if you noticed my uh, my shirt. It also says button. I'll show you here in a minute. Your shirt? Yeah, you'll oh, see here in a moment. Oh, the one you're wearing now? Yeah. I'm going to end, end the show. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>